You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. The retired um, Pastor Dave Toyne. And so if you could just join me in welcoming him. You can kind of move that around wherever you kind of feel like you need it, Brother Dave. Let me just pray for you. Father, we just thank you so much for Dave. We thank you so much, Lord, just for your calling upon his life, Father. And even though that calling um, has changed, uh, Father, that he's no longer actively pastoring, Father, we just thank you for the ways you continue to use him to be a blessing uh, to your body. Father, we pray that you would just bless the words of his mouth, the meditation of his heart, Father. We just pray, Lord, that you would use him uh, to speak, to encourage, to strengthen us here this morning. So we just release the power, the presence of the Holy Spirit in and through him. And we again just thank you uh, for him. We thank you for his ministry to this community. And Father, we thank you uh, that you continue uh, to just uh, pour yourself out in and through him uh, even this morning, Father. So for that, we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you. Um, So I just uh, want to start out today just saying, uh, my name is Dave, I'm a recovering pastor, so I just wanted to just, just wanted to share that with you this morning. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's that bad. <laughs> you know, uh, my grandson, Speed, uh, Chris and I were the hippies, and my, my kids named their kids, uh, you know, we, we named our kids Jason and Jenny, really original, right? But then they named their kids. My, uh, my oldest grandson, his name is Speed. That's right, Speed. And uh, my, my granddaughter, his, her, his, uh, my granddaughter, Sky, and then my Je- Jenny, my, she's the new pastor of Agape, uh, she named her kids Mariposa, Davide, and Rocco. So... <laughs> We were the hippies, and they ended up with the hippie names with the grandkids. It's get past, it skipped a generation, right? But anyway, uh, you know, Speed, uh, great kid and everything. He's 22 years old now. He moved to South Carolina just recently. And, <clears throat> but when he was a little guy, uh, he didn't eat a, a whole lot and, and, you know, didn't like a whole lot. So whenever this kid was, got hungry and he was over at our house or whatever, I mean, I would do, we would basically just drop everything and do anything we had to do to get this kid to eat something, right? And uh, back then, he, you know, he loved to go to Culver's. He loved to go to the, he called it the blue place, you know? And, uh, um, and uh, I mean, it didn't make any difference. If, he, if it was 11 o'clock at night or whatever, I'm getting up and I'm gonna go get that kid a hamburger because he's hungry, you know? And he wasn't hungry hard. I mean, I, I was concerned about the child, right? So. Uh, one day, he, about, when he was about seven years old, um, he, he says, he's with my wife and I, and, and uh, he says, you know, you guys, you guys love me too much. And we go, what? He, he, he says, yeah, you, you, I don't deserve, I don't deserve how much you love me. He said, you love me ridiculous. And so I'm here this morning to somehow just maybe 
through the power of the Holy Spirit, just even by accident, I'll take anything, to, to just share with you the fact that God loves you ridiculous. And, and so I want to share with you um, some things and really, you know, to tell you the truth, you know, because I'm retired, um, I don't know how to preach anymore. So I'll just, uh, I'll just give you a talk, right? And I don't know where, where did those, oh, there they're right there. Um, I'm going to just talk with you this morning. And, and so let's just, um, let's just kind of open this up and, and we're going to have a good time this morning. Oh, uh, nine, okay. I'm just watching, you know, you know what happens when a preacher looks at his watch? You know what that means? Absolutely nothing. That's what it means. Anyway, <laughs> did you hear about the preacher that, um, now I'm really digressing here. Um, <clears throat> did you hear about the preacher, don't tell Chris I did this. Um, did you hear about the preacher that his custom was to pop a cough drop in his mouth, right? when he started to preach, and he just kind of keep it over here. And by the time the cough drop dissolved, he knew it was time to, you know, to stop preaching. It was time to close his sermon. Well, uh, he accidentally, uh, he reached in his pocket, and he accidentally, he didn't realize that he, a suit coat thing uh, had lost a button, and he put that <laughs> button in his pocket. And to, to our knowledge, we, we're not sure, but that guy is still preaching today. <laughs> he's still, he's He's still, he's still going. <laughs> pop that old, did you get that? Yeah. Pop that in there. So anyway, um, so how many of you, um, let's, let's, just, let's just get some interaction here this morning. How many of you, um, uh, let's, just, let's just ask a question. Why did Jesus come? Why did, why did Jesus come? And let's get, let's get some answers here. And I'm sure that we'll get lots of answers and we'll get lots of probably right answers. But why did Jesus come? To redeem us. To redeem us, okay. To teach us, okay. To let us be a part of the Trinitarian conversation. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, that's... That was good. <laughs> uh, what? That was good, Danny. That was good. Um, it's Danny, right? Daniel. Yeah, Daniel. Okay. Uh, anybody else? All those are great answers, especially Daniel's. Go ahead. Uh, open the door to the kingdom. Open the door to the kingdom, yes? Okay. You got some really... Uh, Heavy hitters in here. I mean, that's, that's the best I've ever. Um, but so all those answers are good, right? Anybody over here? Answers? Why did Jesus come? So here's the deal. And so a lot of times, you know, we'll get redemption and that kind of thing. What does that mean? What does that look like? Yes? Love. Love. Very good. Very good. I like that. Very, very, very good. And so all these answers are correct. Jesus came to pay the price for our sins. And we'll get that a lot in churches and lots of different organizations of Christians that we preach at and that, you know, that kind of thing. Because I still, I don't pastor anymore, but we still travel and do a little ministry on the Father's love and healing and, and that kind of thing. But the, we get a lot of, you know, Jesus came to pay the price for our sins, right? And that's, how many know that's absolutely true? But that's not the end of the story, Right? Jesus came to pay the price for us for our sins so that so that everybody say so that. so that 
Because this, this is important. This is important that we understand this in the context of being a Christian and doing life together and being a community together and being churches together. This is so very important. Jesus came to pay the price for our sins so that we can have right relationship with the God of the universe and be able to call him Abba, Father, Daddy God. I love how 3 John talks about, behold, you know, what, what a glorious thing, that, that what a glorious thing that the Father loves us so much that we should be called the children of God, right? I mean, it's just, that's just an awesome portion of Scripture. And so we're going to talk about some Scriptures today, and we're going to look at this thing. But one of the things I see take place in the church, in Christians, is, is, a, is uh, almost, almost a, a, a false kind of Christianity, a false kind of spirituality. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's kind of a counterfeit thing that takes place in Christian churches today, in Christian lives today. It can become a, a very dangerous thing. And the thing is, the, the thing is, uh, 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 is prevalent that we leave being the grace of God, that we leave the, the love of God, and, and, and it becomes like speed, uh, it, it becomes a performance thing. And so I want to talk about that this morning because I, I t just some, uh, some, some very unique principles that I'll teach you today that I hope will help us uh, to understand uh, not to live life without the grace of God being in everything we do and everything we say, right? So I'm going to do this, what we call a, uh, here, I'm going to, and I'm not very good at drawing at all. Okay, so, um, I, you know, Chris usually draws the boat, so my boat's going to look like a kind of a, an Egyptian canoe. Anyway, so, so, so here we have a, a pyramid, right? You know that, you, did you see what that, you could tell, right? It's beautiful, beautiful thing. At the very top of this pyramid is behavior. Now, how many know how much of the pyramid we, you would actually see if you were out in the Arctic or whatever and you were in a boat? How much of, how much of this part that you would actually see, how much of that pyramid is actually sticking up out of the water? It's like 10%, right? 10%. So, and so I want to talk to you about today about how dangerous it is to become fixated on behavior only. Now, is our behavior important as a Christian? Yes. But if we're totally fixated on behavior, we're going to begin to gravitate to a performance-oriented kind of Christianity that is sometimes devoid of relationship, loving relationship, being able to walk in loving relationship with one another. How will the world know what we have is real? By our love. 
Yeah, okay, so John 13. This is, it's crazy. This, this is a crazy scripture. Jesus commands the disciples, commands us to love one another as I have loved you. What? How is that possible? I mean, that's a, that's a pretty bold statement. That's love one. This is how the world, next, next verse, this is how the world will know that what we have is real by the love that you, what? Have or demonstrate or show to one another. So anyway, here we got behavior, 10%. So here's the thing. The, the captain of the ship, is, is a, is, he's concerned about this 10%, right? But he's also very concerned, maybe more concerned about this, this 90% of this iceberg that you cannot see that's below the surface that, that, w that will sink that ship before you even get to this portion, right? And so at the very foundation of this is, is relationship. And then the next level is beliefs. And then the next level of that is our value or our identity. Jesus came to pay the price for our sins so that we could have right relationship with the God of the universe and be able to call him Abba, Father, Daddy, God. Behold, we are the children of God. So if we fixate on behavior only, we, we, we many times miss what's causing the behavior. Now, now, now listen to this. Let me see if I can get... Spot me here. Spot me. We'll help you back. Yeah, okay. <laughs> help me, I'm falling. I can't get up. I mean, you know, that kind of thing. Here's, here's what we call the, the, the cycle of shame or the shame game. We fail. How many's ever failed? But if we're focused on behavior, look, look at this now. Think about your own individual life when you failed. Think about in family life when we fail. Think about in church life when we fail. We fail the shame game. Everybody say shame. shame. That leads us into guilt. Don't worry, I can translate this later. And guilt necess isn't necessarily a bad thing if we have relationship with the Father, right? Because we fail... We, we, we know that we have a Father who loves us unconditionally, loves us just the way we are, right? And, and so uh, we can go to Him. We feel guilty. The power of the Holy Spirit causes us to, to, to repent, right? And, and to experience healing and to experience forgiveness and to experience His love. 
But in the shame game, we fail. It goes to guilt, and that leads us into shame. It's upside down because I can't bend down that far. And that leads us into what? Fear and then hiding. So what are we going to do? So what does this have to do with us? What does this have to do with our relationship with God? What does this have to do with our relationship with one another in, 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 a, in, in our families, in, in a sense of community as a church? We go into fear and hiding when we're in shame. When we focus on behavior, what happens? We go into the shame game. We fail. We feel guilty. But instead of turning to God, remember, Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians that godly sorrow, there's a difference between worldly sorrow and godly sorrow, right? Worldly sorrow, godly sorrow leads to re what? To repentance. Not needing to be repented of again. Worldly sorrow leads to death. Godly sorrow leads to life. Worldly sorrow leads to death. So now here, let me prove this to you. Here we are in church, right? We, 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 we focus on behavior. We focus on performance. Love becomes conditional. Right? So what do we do when we fail? Because we all fail. We, we, we develop an atmosphere. If we develop an atmosphere in our families, in our own life individually, or in our churches of performance, we have to perform for love. We end up hiding or afraid. We end up hiding because we don't want to be rejected. We don't want people to know who we really are. And so what we do is we try to play this religious game. And it's, it's just so funny. It's sadly funny, but it's funny because we learn this so quickly as a Christian, don't we? He says, how, how are you doing today? Great. Okay. No fellowship there. Okay, so <laughs> how are you doing today? Good. Good. What I wanted to hear. How are you doing today? Fantastic. Fantastic. How are you doing today? Good. See, or, you know, some people say, oh, well, I'm blessed, praise the Lord. You know, that kind of thing. You know, <clears throat> they're religious, you know, sinners. But anyway, um, so, so, so it's just, uh, we have this, it's, it's, we, we walk in, we walk, we're, walk, we're not walking in the light. What, what does First John say? It, 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 you know, if God is light and in him is no darkness at all, right? Now, and he says, it, he, he wants us to walk in the light. He says, if you walk in the light, you know, I want you to walk in the light, and if you walk in the light as a Christian, then we have, then, then what? We have fellowship with one another. That gets away the darkness. That makes the darkness go away. Fellowship. This is not fellowship. Good. Well, what happens if I would shake this brother's hand and I say, how you doing today, brother? He said, terrible. I don't know how to deal with that. Because he's supposed to be hiding and in fear and in darkness. 
and he's supposed to be doing this religious performance orientation kind of thing, and if he's terrible, I don't know how to deal with that because he just broke a rule. I'm pretty sure he broke a, a, a religious rule there, okay? So I'm looking for the pastor to solve this problem. <laughs> because he didn't answer correctly. He said he's doing terrible, and I don't know how to deal with that. So, okay, it's no wonder then <clears throat> that we're losing the uh, younger generation uh, of people, generations of people from the church because the church has been majoring on behavior and not on relationships. Remember, the picture of the cross is kind of important you have the picture of the cross, the, the vertical is God the Father loves us so much that he sent his son to die for us, and we begin to experience that love, and then we begin to be, begin to love him back, but then that, that horizontal plane is as we're, as, everybody say as. as. Okay, okay, that's important, because you can be a Christian and not really be totally or fully or ongoing in a process, if you will, of experiencing the Father's love and his embrace and the healing that's attached to that relationship. The relationship here then begins to affect our relationships on a horizontal level, and we begin to love others unconditionally, right? It's not about behavior. It's, it, behavior is important, but it's only 10% of this picture relationships build our beliefs and our beliefs begin to that, that they deepen right and and that what would happen to speed if 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 he would just continue to believe that he doesn't deserve to be loved that could really impact his his image of god the father his image of life itself, his, his image of family, his image of, of, of community, church community, right? So that can cause our identity. See, so, many people are behaving the way they are because we haven't looked deeper, deeper, deeper at the relationships, their beliefs that have caused their values and their identity. We got lots of problems with identity today, don't we? There's lots of talk about identity. But as Christians, our identity should come as a dearly loved son and daughter of Father God. And, and, and our, the outflow of that, the overflow of that, comes by having that relationship with him, allowing him to heal these things in our life so that we can have right relationship with him and begin to overflow in that abundance of love that we are experiencing ourselves. Cycle of shame, we don't want to be there. We fail, we feel guilty, we go into shame, worldly sorrow, we fail some more, and we begin to go into fear and hiding. We don't want to be there. Okay, any questions? This was a talk, by the way. What's the healthy way of dealing with failure? The healthy way of dealing with failure is, being, is, is trust. Trust. 
trust, trusting the word of God, what God says about himself. You see, the Father, Father is the New Testament name for God. Father. Jesus said, our Father, who art in heaven. Pray like this, our Father. He came to pay the price for our sins so that we could have right relationship with the Father. So that's, that's what we're talking about here. Trust. Now, okay, it's more than just trusting. I've heard so many people say, ah, well, I just trust God. I, I can't stand everybody else, but I just trust God, right? <laughs> you're just living in a pipe dream. You're, it's just not true. You're living in a lie. That's not true. All I need is God. Well, I, I get that. There's even songs written about it, but it's not true. I mean, in the context of, yes, God is God. He's the only one that can save us, but we need each other also. Remember what First John just talked about. You know, if you're walking in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. That's, it's connected. So somehow, some way, we have to be able to trust a perfect God and trust imperfect people. You say, well, I could be hurt. Yeah, yeah, well, Yes. What do I do with that? Go to the Father and keep loving Him and keep loving people. Transparency and openness with Him and with one another. That's how we do that. Is it easy? No, it's not easy because there's a lot of these things that we need to overcome. Right? Can you think about some things maybe you need to overcome? When it comes to this, that's a good question. I hope I answered it. I used to think I was going to be a politician, but I, I passed. I, I shifted from that. Nothing wrong with a politician. So how do you overcome all of those things? Overcome these things. That are in that relationship and your values. Well, that is a good question also. <clears throat> and... It, it, once again, it comes by trusting, right? So, in, 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 so, in, um, so okay, so here, okay, okay, so do this. Here, it starts here, first of all. You being open and transparent, okay, with him. That's where it's, and then it starts, and then, Th this. First there, then this. And, and so, and again, not just this, because we need one another, and, 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 and you will be hurt, right? I, I, I mean, I don't mean to say that in a, in a context of a horrible, hideous thing, but we will not like some of the answers we get from each other, right? But can, can we remain open to See, much, much of the time, what, what, what we want to do in this context is it, we'd rather be right than have relationship, right? And so we do need each other. I can talk to God about my problems, but I need somebody like Pastor Jeff 
you know, in our context, we can talk to one another. We're open. We're transparent. We're not judging each other. We're not judging each other on behavior. We're not, ju- we're not doing that. We're open, transparent, loving, equal, kind, serving one another, right? So I can hear what he has to say, even if I don't like it, even if I don't agree with it. Doesn't make any difference. I'm open, and see, you can either be open or closed, but you can't be both. So that's the kind of that's the kind of atmosphere, the one where failure. We get what what happens in the church when somebody fails? It freaks us out. Why? Well, I'm not sure. But it does. It it freaks us out. Why does it freak us out? We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. John says, if you say that you don't sin, you are a liar. Right? I'm not saying we should glorify sin. But the fact of the matter is, failure happens. I mean, think about this. If, we get on, if we're, we're focused on this behavior thing, we create this very unhealthy, very dysfunctional situation where, I, you know, don't trust, don't, don't share, don't feel. Because all I'm going to get from you is I'm good. And I know you're not good. You're worse than I am. So we, what do we do? That, game, that shame game leads us into pride and, and you know, self-confidence and self de- self-deception. And, and it's not good. But yet I see many, many churches in, in America today, uh, you know, and, and I can say this because I'm a, I'm a recovering pastor, um, that are that have really leaned toward a performance kind of thing. If you hit the ball right, God loves you. But if you don't hit the ball right, I have a 12-week class that you have to take in order to get another brownie point and keep moving on the behavior thing. Behavior shouldn't shock us. I don't know. Am I wrong? We're going to fail. So if we can create an atmosphere in, our, with, in ourselves, and it is an atmosphere. It is a powerful move of the Holy Spirit. I mean, it is, it is one of the most powerful things that Jesus left us, the power of the Holy Spirit, the comforter, right, to be with us. The, the, this power of the Holy Spirit, this atmosphere of love is an immensely powerful thing. I mean, it is, it, it, the love of God never fails. And the word never fails. So we can carry around an atmosphere of transparency as it's coming from our relationship with people feel, listen, safe. Do people feel safe with you? Do people feel, does your family feel safe with you? Is this a safe place? where we can grow together, be in the process together, fail forward.
It's a big, big, it's a big issue. So anyway, anybody else? Yeah. Practically, um, you start yourself, right? I mean, you know, it's not, not every Sunday is going to be a Sunday where everybody's breaking down on the side, you know, and, and you know, it's like, I can't, I'm sorry, Pastor, I can't pray because uh, I've got stuff going on here, okay? Uh, but, but, you know, it's an atmosphere, right? And, and people, uh, I mean, I... I it, That's good. That, that's good. It's a Samaritan thing, right? It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an openness in you to be used through, with love, by love, to be touched with the infirmities of your brothers and sisters in Christ, to, to be, and I, I just have to tell you, there's just sometimes I don't care. So you're having a terrible day? Well, that's too bad. I'm sorry. But on a good day, on a good day, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to sit down beside you, and I'm just going to have a conversation with you, you know, an open, honest conversation with you. I may not have the answers, but I have love to share. I have a listening ear. I, have a, I, I can pray a prayer for you, and a real prayer, one that's in love and, and a powerful prayer. It's either, the, it's openness and transparency. A safe place. We've, we, you know, back, back when we pastored, and I still believe this today, churches really ought to have an attitude of, of, you know, this needs to be a safe place. A safe place, a safe place. So that people can believe because what does believe mean? Trust in, rely on, adhere to, right? So how does a person really believe in God without a safe place being provided? You know, and it's more than just having a nice seat and a, you know, a cup of coffee kind of thing. Those are things are nice. Are very, <laughs> but, but, uh, but it's a you know it's an atmosphere, right? It's it's just this atmosphere, a safe place, and that a person can believe, and then. Once they begin to believe, they can become all God's called them to be, right? That's, you know, that's an important feature. Okay, somebody else, and then, what, 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 I can't remember when I start, when did I start? Is your button gone? <laughs> it is gone. It is gone. It's gone. I'm going to have to stop. Okay, anybody else? Uh, hopefully this made some sense, because this was really not a sermon, it was a talk. So you can't really criticize me because I just had a talk. <laughs> just speak a moment on how to uh, forgive when we've been hurt by a fellow Christian. What, what do we mean? We know God forgives us. What are the steps to help forgive other Christians who've hurt one another? So that's a good one because we put, um, okay, first, it hurts a lot, 
And I think a lot of times the reason it hurts a lot, especially in Christian circles, is because behavior, we expect better, right? And it kind of, it, sometimes it kind of sideswipes us, right? We, we just, man, we didn't see that coming. I thought that person was a good person, you know, or that, that, we, I just didn't see it. Behavior, see, we're focused on that behavior, right? So if we can, if we can understand that, that, that will help us immensely because, um, because, you know, I, I, when you think that way, it's kind of, aren't we kind of comparing a little bit? Think about that. We say, well, I, they, they, they shouldn't have done that. I, 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 that really hit me sideways because I expected something better, right? So, uh, wait a minute, what's going on here? Maybe I was comparing that person, to, expecting that person to be better than maybe I should have. You know, maybe there's a little bit of judgment involved with that. So in, in the forgiveness, right, is taking responsibility for maybe the 10% or the 5% or the half of a percent that I'm wrong, right? Taking responsibility for that. Ask God to forgive you for that, right? And then taking and sometimes it's good to do this. I don't know how, where you are all on visualization and all that stuff, but um, I, I try, I, if, I'm, if I have that situation going on, I, I, I try to see me taking that person, right? Well, why don't we just do it right now? All right, so let's just think, just, just think about what if you have a situation, that's fine. You just close your eyes and act like you're spiritual. It's okay. <laughs> Remember, behavior is very important. It's 10%. <clears throat> uh, so, you know, just, okay, now get that, get that situation or that person in your mind, right? And say uh, that person's name out loud. Say it if you can. I forgive you. I take you and I take you and I put you at the foot of the cross I cannot get my identity from this any longer from the pain that was caused you hurt me I prayed I felt rejected I felt abandoned. You hurt me. But I forgive you. Just like when I didn't deserve it, I forgive you. Put you at the foot of the cross and I walk away. And now I picture the Father who loves me unconditionally, will never hurt me, never reject me, never abandon me, and I go to him. I see him at the throne, standing to meet me, walking to meet me, wrapping his perfect arms around me, healing me, loving me, restoring me. Thank you, Father. And Father God, 
I ask you to help me. I break every judgment that I've made against that person who hurt me. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, that situation, okay, can be a one-time situation, but it could be an ongoing situation, right? So you pray for those who despitefully use you and persecute you, right? Even Christians. Christians can do that, can be very nasty people at times. Behavior can be bad. So you just, you, it's an ongoing thing possibly. But the more you do that, right, the more you, uh, you, you, you walk out of that, right? You walk out of the, the one pattern that you are going into a new path that, that happens, by the way, to have the Lord with you in, right? So did I help you? Okay, yeah. And because and, it's a process, right? And, and see, and that's part of that process. Uh, you know, we're not going to go into that process if we're, if we're focused on behavior only. We won't go there, right? We, we're stuck. We don't want to be stuck. We want to be in the process. So we're going to fail. We're going to, and there'll be times where we'll need help. Help me for this person. Help me. Right. Yeah. All right. So anyway, uh, God bless you. Have a, have a, have fun today. And uh, thank you for allowing me to come and have a little talk. Thanks for listening. For more information about Praise Community Church, including gathering times and events, please visit us at praisecc.org.